Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. As we go through the book of Ruth, we see references to numerous Old Testament passages. And like we talked about last week, uh, foreshadowings of New Testament teaching straight from Jesus. Here's some of the nitty gritty background to this book. Yesterday we saw in our sermon, uh, Boaz go before the elders of the city gate and really stand up like a true redeemer to redeem the distressed bride. And it's beautiful to behold. It's absolutely incredible. And it's this foreshadowing of Jesus, like we like we talked about. I want to give you now a picture of the anti-Boaz. All right, the 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 pseudo-Boaz, the, the Boaz who uh, failed the Redeemer, the Goel, who initially, nominally, at least verbally, ostensibly, committed to be the Redeemer, but then backs out. Okay, here's Genesis chapter 38. This is also actually part of the story where we get, uh, this, is also, this is also named in the end of the book of Ruth. When they talk about whom Tamar bore to Judah, it's referencing here, Genesis 38. At that time, Judah left his brothers and settled near a Dulamite named Hira. There, Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He took her as a wife and slept with her. That word, a wife, again, this is never prescribed by God. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and he named him Er. She conceived again and gave birth to a son, and she named him Onan. She gave birth to another son and named him Shelah. It was at Chazib she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Er, his firstborn, and uh, her name was Tamar. Now Er, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife. Perform your duty to her as her brother-in-law, and produce offspring for your brother. But Onan knew the offspring would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he released his semen on the ground so that he would not produce offspring for his brother. What he did was evil in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. So this is the story of Onan, who does the opposite of what Boaz does. Boaz is willing and able. He's also eligible for marriage, by the way, but he rises up and he marries Ruth. Okay. He even, like we saw yesterday, invites the other more eligible, more qualified redeemer forward to see if he was able to marry Ruth. But there's a, there's a stipulation within that other redeemer's inheritance that prevents him from being eligible for marriage. And so as a result, Boaz pays the full price, buys the whole estate uh, from Naomi in memory of Elimelech. They have Obed, uh, uh, Ruth and Boaz have this child named Obed, who uh, in his legacy really is is conceived in, out of memory for Machlon, right? The, and Elimelech, whose, whose name is now never going to disappear from that allocation of the promised land. Moreover, I mean, we're, we're talking about them today in, in the year that it is. So, Onan, however, knows that his offspring with his sister-in-law is not going to be really and truly his own, that he's, he's doing this out of memory and respect for his brother's legacy. All right? and, and for that reason, at the last moment, literally, all right, he, he, does not, he does not conceive a child. And so this poor woman is left not only bereaved by the death of her husband, 
but now she's she's not to become a mother. And for this reason, the Lord despises Onan. We've talked about this once prior, but like, wow, <laughs> uh, I've seen this passage misused. Uh, I get it. It's good. It is a, it is a good thing to, to call young men unto purity. Okay. Uh, I understand that. Um, there's a, there's a great resource that kind of delves into this debate when it comes to, for example, masturbation this in the, in the instance here of Genesis 38, wherein the man ejaculates onto the ground. I've seen that isolated and used as an example to say, look, see that God's opposed to masturbation. He's, he kills Onan for spilling his semen on the ground. That's not the reason that God kills Onan. God kills Onan because he refuses to redeem. He refuses to act as a goel. He has committed, and now he has shamed his sister-in-law by refusing to father a child. He has shamed the legacy of his brother Er. All right, who, 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 by the way, was not actually didn't actually have that great of a reputation to begin with. Like God killed him because he was just so because uh, he was such a jerk. That's the reason why God put Onan to death. What he did that was evil in the Lord's sight was refuse to redeem the bride who was in distress juxtapose that with Boaz, who is the true redeemer. Uh, this is <laughs> in the show 30 Rock. This is the passage that Tina Fey turned to at a funeral service when she was just flipping around, looking for something to fill the time. And of all the passages to come to, she comes to Genesis 38 and she's like, oh, come on, Bible. <laughs> because she's in front of a huge crowd of people reading this. Believe me, I can tell you firsthand right now, it's awkward. But it's what the word of the Lord says. The reason for it is that not everybody's the redeemer. Not everybody's gonna be a Goel. This passage, as as gritty as, as it is, as gross, as, as shocking as it is, as disturbing as it may be, and as awkward as it is to read, really, as we study the book of Ruth, makes us appreciate Boaz all the more. I'll see you tomorrow.